welcome to Bayer Cropcast with your technical field representatives from right around Australia. In this Cropcast, we'll give you a quick wrap-up of the season at hand and things to look out for, including events coming up around you and everything related to agronomy and growing healthy crops. We are passionate about the future of agriculture and crop protection, and we look forward to having you join us on Bayer Cropcast. Welcome to episode 9 of Bayer Cropcast. It's really great to be into spring already and I'm joined by my colleague in South Australia, Tim Murphy. How are you today, Tim? Oh, g'day, Craig. How are you going? Yep. Oh, good, mate. That's good to hear. It's um, interesting sort of spring. We've got you know a bit of wet, a bit of dry, but um, you know, could certainly do with a bit more rain, couldn't we? Oh, yeah. No, it's um, standard problems over here at the moment. Moisture continues to be a big concern. We've got some really good-looking crops out there, but... Um, yeah, not a lot of moisture in underneath, and even worse, we've had a couple of uh, really quite high temperatures, and um, you can see the crops being uh, being burnt off. So, yeah, it's uh, let's hope we get a bit more rain and we can finish off with a with a bit of a bang. Yeah, absolutely, and certainly the crops are quite resilient. It's amazing, really, what can happen. So any rain is welcome rain during the springtime, and same over here in the west. We've had some quite warm days, a few frosts as well thrown in, which has certainly dried things out, but uh, a little bit of rain here and there is certainly helping, so let it continue for a while yet. Yeah, all good. So, yeah, it's been an interesting spring for sure, Tim, and, you know, out and about in the trials and certainly out in the paddocks at the moment, we're seeing, you know, leaf diseases of varying intensity or, or, or levels, I suppose. But importantly, you know, where you are, you are you've are, you seen septoria triticide go sort of up and down and you wanted to talk a little bit about septoria triticide first. Yeah, look, I uh, want to have a chat about what we're seeing over here. Septoria triticide this year has been um, a little bit like last year, but also very interesting Um some uh, very interesting things happening in the last couple of weeks. Look, the start of the well, the main infection period for for it around that June, July period, we sort of started seeing something down in the crop. Um, but then, as things dried out and the crop grew on, the the disease levels sort of or appeared to hold um, right to the point where a couple of my trials I've got out, we sort of said, look, it's um, all treatments are doing a great job. But like uh, septoria tricide has been been known to do, it was actually probably in its really nice long latency period. And, um, yeah, some of those trials a couple of weeks ago really started to come back in some of the, the weaker treatments and the untreated. You could see that disease had worked the whole way up the crop. Um, but in the treatments like um, Aviator Expro, where we'd used that early, um, whether it be one shot or two shots, um, you could see that you've uh, we've actually got really good cleanup of the disease, um, reduce that level of inoculum in the crop, and um, yeah, the Aviate Expro has done a really good job at, at holding that back when applied early. Yeah, so certainly the Aviator Expro has been really popular in the West as well, um, with a whole range of diseases, including that Septoria triticide, amongst the whole range of those. And people can get information at crop.bayer.com.au about Aviator Expro anytime. Yeah, and the, the main thing that um, I'm sort of getting feedback from people is don't be uh, don't be relaxed about it. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, look, we'll just put a a pure little bit of a protectant on early, um, but then it's come back and bit them this year. And I'm actually getting a lot more questions about going harder earlier, so um, using a, a very robust pro- product early um, and really reducing that level. So it'll be good to see what happens next year. <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure, Tim. And I mean, that's part of, you know, some trials that we have at Bayer all around the countryside, looking at, you know, which order do you put things in terms of which seed treatment do you go with up front so that you can have all of the fungicide options available to you. As you said, use a very, you know, strong and and, uh, good performing product uh, as the foliar strategy. Whereas in some cases, some of the seed treatments, um, if we're following the crop life guidelines for fungicide resistance management, can make it a little bit tricky and exclude a few products. Um, So it's really important to get good information about that and the trials we're doing are you know hopefully helping people understand that issue a little bit more yeah uh, it's going to be very good when we yield them and um actually get that comparison and that there i think a few people will be quite surprised and very interested with the results no good to hear so moving on then to that i mean in terms of seed treatments you know how's evergo energy been performing in your trials especially in relation to the smut diseases uh, we're seeing a lot in the west here for example and getting great results compared to untreated and some of the weaker treatments uh, the, the evergo energy is really holding the smut diseases back in especially in the barley yeah, um, look, getting very excited, and this is a really sad thing to say, but it's what our researchers say, um, getting very excited over some of the uh, results I'm getting in the trials this year. We um, were lucky enough, so to speak, to source a, uh, a level of uh, loose smut-infected barley last year or end of last season and used that in our trials this year where we're testing a heap of different uh, seed treatments and um, and also rates and combinations, um, mainly looking at the Evergo energy and what it does on loose smut. And, um, yeah, look, the uh, the results are starting to look good that we're actually getting some smut um, into the crop and um, we're getting some, uh, yeah, differences in the treatments. But the, the interesting thing too, I also have a, a level of rhizotonia in under these um, these uh, these trials and it's really good to see that that rhizo is actually affecting the emergence of heads and the timing of that emergence. And wherever Go Energy has been used, we we haven't delayed that head emergence. It's still running at about the same rate that a um, that the untreated uninoculated is, and the level of loose smut's been controlled really well. So it's it's going to be good to see how some of these other treatments hold up throughout the growing cycle and as that head emerges whether the uh, the loose smut numbers go through the roof as well yeah no, all good important information and of course you know starting off with the cleanest seed possible is really the aim of the game with these diseases or with, with smuts but of course that's not always possible so using a good strong seed treatment like the Evergoal Energy which is showing solid results this year and the same in the Western Australian trials and, and feedback from our colleagues around the rest of the country as well is that it's doing similar so something to consider as you start you know getting up on the header later on and making those decisions about which seed treatment to go with for 2020. Yeah, very good point there, Whitey. Now, Tim, been interesting to hear uh, in the media a little bit about some developments in South Australia over the GM moratorium and the government there considering a few changes to that. Can you give us a quick update just on what's going on there? Yeah, look, it's um, oh, it's quite good here. They're, they're having a look to making a change to the GM moratorium here and, and maybe opening it up a bit more to allow GM crops to be grown in South Australia. I think um, Kangaroo Island is the only place that it will still still remain on a, a bit of a closed market. But, um, look, the main thing we've got to remember is that uh, the introduction of this, this new cropping system is really just an introduction of a new tool into the system. Um, we still need to follow 
good rotation plans. We need to use it in a targeted approach to, you know, to clean up paddocks where we've got problem weeds and um, allow us to, to be a little bit more flexible in where we can go and how we can go. So, look, it's still a long way to go before we can go full steam ahead, but uh, we'll just see what, um, what comes out in a week or two's time. Yeah, well, good news, good good to hear, and interesting, as you say, very important to keep it in mind that it is just another tool, and Hugh Norden and myself, we actually walked through one of the um, GM trials or herbicide system trials we've got over here in Western Australia, and we did quite an extensive sort of overview of what we're seeing there, so that was comparing the triazine-tolerant canola, um, which you'd be growing in South Australia for sure, um, we looked at the Roundup Ready system, the new TrueFlex system, which sort of extends that um, herbicide tolerance, and then also the dual stack technology, which is the TrueFlex and Triazine together. And uh, we can have a little listen to that right now. So I'm out at Catanning with Hugh Trenorden from Bayer, and we're looking at a canola systems trial comparing TrueFlex, Roundup Ready, and Triazine tolerant herbicide systems. How are you today, Hugh? Yeah, good, Whitey. Um, the sun's on my back at a canola trial plots which um, I cut my teeth on so couldn't be happier. Yep you love the canola that's for sure and look it is really looking great this trial at the moment there's a lot here to take in and what we're going to do is just give a little bit of introduction to what TrueFlex canola is compared to Roundup Ready canola and Triazine Tolerant and then just to um, walk actually through the plots and we'll tell you what we've got here and what we're seeing. Yeah looking forward to it Whitey let's get into it. Righto, so in terms of the um, TrueFlex canola with the Roundup Ready technology inside, you know, what it's really all about here is to allow growers to increase yield potential through you know, enhancing the crop safety that you can get with uh, the TrueFlex technology compared to even the Roundup Ready, um, different systems you know, for different weed control, but also really great flexibility to manage a whole range of weeds with Roundup. Yeah, um yeah, what we find, White, is when we get two sprays of glyphosate on in a Roundup Ready canola system, uh, the weed control is excellent, generally. Um, but the TrueFlex canola with Roundup Ready technology gives a bit of added flexibility um, for those um, you know, different scenarios when we might have um, maybe a, a, a non-uniform germination of canola with lots of different um, crop stages in the one paddock. Or, um, or maybe a later flush of weeds. So it's just adding that next level of benefit um, and getting um, better weed control, which is what you really want to do with um, canola. Yeah, and look with it all too, it's part of an integrated weed management approach or integrated approach. So here I suppose, you know, the beauty of the TrueFlex technology um, which perhaps you might just want to give listeners a little bit of insight into how that sort of come along. There was Roundup Ready to start with, and then why do we now have TrueFlex, and how does that fit into an integrated approach? Yeah, so TrueFlex canola um, is our second-generation um, Roundup tolerance. Um, so with TrueFlex, I guess the have put the um, benefit in the name, so it's flexibility. It's all about spraying um, that weed in your paddock at the appropriate time with the appropriate rate of glyphosate. Um, you know, Roundup or glyphosate is such an important cornerstone of our production systems. Um, we've just got to be making sure, whenever we reach for that um, Roundup drum, that we're, um, you know, we're we're using it where it's going to have the best chance of success. Um, and TrueFlex canola helps with that. Um, you can go with a two-spray strategy with TrueFlex canola, um, using like a higher rate of glyphosate than you would with Roundup Ready. Um, just pretty much hitting the weeds with a bigger hammer, which can have some um, efficacy and um, resistant sort of benefits 
or you can go with a three spray strategy. So if you're getting continued flashes of weeds and you've got opportunity to hit them, then you can um, continue to spray them out. And we've had a bit of that, bit of that in WA with the, the later break. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and certainly there's the idea of this trial is to show growers um, a whole range of those systems and just the combinations. And, you know, the header or the harvester at the end of the year will really tell us, you know, which one was the right approach in that particular environment. Now, this trial here at Catanning was sown in June, so relatively late for canola, but the flexibility again with the TrueFlex is really starting to show out here now, Hugh. Yeah, it's a really nice trial that we're sort of breaking apart the different um, herbicides and seeing how much load they're carrying. And um, and we've got good weed pressure, as we can see in the untreated um, plots. You know, we've got some ryegrass and radish, some sort of carryover cereals. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic spot. Yeah, no, very visual, the untreated plots here for sure. It's certainly not what you're intending to do on your farm, but it gives you a fantastic check as to what each of the steps do. So we now look at the next one uh, along the series here. We've got atrazine here and clethodim, a pretty standard sort of TT canola uh, system, I suppose. And, yeah, we're still seeing a few weeds through that system at the moment. Yeah, we are, and we'd expect that because um, there's no um, pre-emergent with the IBS treatment on this one, Craig. So, um yeah, when, you know, the TT system um, with this sort of background, I would heavily suggest that you should be using like a propizomide or something um, pre to um, take a bit of that pressure off. Yeah, which indeed is the next plot. So here we have the atrazine and propizomide working together um, to take that early pressure out. Yeah, and, and you can see the weed efficacy is improved here, um, although there is still you know some, some survivors getting through. Yep, that's right. So then you've got the we've got here just some checks with propizomide um, up front by themselves, just as a good check, so that people can see, you know, that you do need that approach of having the atrazine, also the clethodim. Yeah, definitely. And when we compare the propizomide only to the untreated, you can see the amount of work that propizomide is doing, and that's beneficial because when we're using an important chemistry like glyphosate, it's not going to have to um, use as do as much as the work. Um, these two plots we're comparing propizomide, one's a TT open pollinated variety and the other is a, um, a Triflex hybrid um, and you can see there is actually a benefit from just having a more vigorous um, crop and crop competition so you know our um, integrated management um, um, approach it's not all in a drum whitey it's um we take every tool that we've got. Yep, and use them effectively. Now when we add the Roundup Ready into the system here, certainly seeing again the combination of that propizomide up front and then the Roundup at the sixth leaf stage, um, really providing some benefit, but it's not the full picture there. Yeah, this is a one spray strategy. Um, you know, sometimes with the Roundup Ready system, um, with people with big programs or, or having trouble with spray days, um, they may have only got one spray on. Where we've done our a lot of trials, um, you know, the efficacy of this of this treatment isn't as good as a two spray strategy, and um, I suggest that we're seeing that this um, here today. Also, only spraying once at six leaf. We've had a lot of um, sort of weed competition early, and I reckon I've seen a bit of a biomass reduction in this plot. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, there is a little bit there that um, you can notice, and it'll be interesting to see what that does in terms of yield when the harvest has been through. Yeah, agreed. Now, moving along, we've got here now um, one of the TrueFlex lines, TrueFlex canola lines, and also a Roundup Ready line, both with propizomide up front and a two- and a six-leaf spray of Roundup. And what do you think? Uh, you can see the differences between those at all there, Hugh? 
Um, yeah, well, this is the label recommendation for Roundup. So I guess we're using these as our checks to um, compare the the um, the true flex against the the higher rates and later timings. And also, um, we do are sort of going um, trying to test the Roundup ready tolerance to glyphosate. So it's important we have him in here as um, checks, and we can compare the um, the if there's a, a difference in um, in yield potential just of these hybrids in the same treatment. Yep, and then we're moving on with the TrueFlex um, variety here. Um, looking now at the three applications you mentioned, you can have either two or three, and in the case of the plot we've got in front of us there now, Hugh, it looks like it's very tolerant, looking really good. It's had propizomide up front, and then it's had a two-leaf application of Roundup, had a six-leaf, and also an early flowering one, which is um, really going to be of benefit for those little grass weeds that I can still see down in the bottom, and once the Roundup takes effect there, that's going to be a really useful part of the system too. Yeah, I think we have, albeit small, I think we have picked up that last, so the latest flush of weeds after the six leaf spray. Um, you know, the crop, um, you know, wasn't huge in biomass, so we, once it um, sort of ran up, there was a target to um, to hit those weeds, and um, yeah, we've got, we have um, had some benefit from spraying late um, with this crop with this um, later break. Yep, no, a very useful tool to, you know, reduce any of those ryegrass really from producing any seeds, which we know, you know, can then go into the seed bank and become an issue for future seasons. Now, the next plot, same uh, herbicide timings as last time, but given that we did do that early flowering time, we'll just wait for that big road train going past. We have now uh, added in Aviator X-Pro at this early flower timing, so first flower. Um, people would know Aviator X-Pro as a fungicide for managing canola diseases, both blackleg and sclerotinia. At this timing it would be targeting or protecting you know, the green leaf material uh, for any leaf diseases that might be sort of lurking around there. So yeah, we'll see how that comes out once the harvest has been through. Yeah, it's primarily a weed efficacy trial, but we are taking it through to yield. So we're, you know, it's good. We're trying to do um, many things in this one trial site. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the header says. Yeah, absolutely. And now, just staying on with the uh, Roundup Ready and the TrueFlex, we're now just sort of starting to step into some different combinations of, you know, rates. So now we're starting to look at the, you know, some combinations of different rates. So higher rates um, as we go through. And in the case of this one, there's a two and a six leaf spray at the sort of the next um, next level of rate up. Um, and you might make some comments about what difference that will certainly make, Hugh. Yeah. So just. Yeah, essentially just hitting the um, the weeds with a bigger hammer by a bigger rate of glyphosate. Um, yeah, it was interesting seeing this um, early when we were spraying sort of one or two leaf um, ryegrass. There seemed to be a, um, a benefit in um, in controlling those um, really small weeds with a higher rate. Could be just the um, the amount of droplets that you can land on those small targets. Um, we might have just been just getting over the line with that higher rate. Yeah, and that's the same for the next one. There's just a higher rate again at the six-leaf timing. So just waiting and saying, oh, I won't do the two-leaf. I'll just wait a little while, go with the six-leaf application, and then come back in at flowering time. So that one will be interesting to see what the heavy hammer, um, a little bit later than perhaps ideal timing, but it obviously vary from site to site, but it does give that option um, in situations where you do really want to hit it hard. Yeah, again, flexibility. Um, yeah, There'll be some good data coming out of this, I'm sure. 
Good. And then, yeah, moving along then we've got here. There's something going on in here. Here I can see a little bit of difference between these plots, even though they've been sprayed uh, with higher rates of Roundup Ready um, herbicide. But, yeah, I'm just noticing a little bit of difference. Why is there that um, difference in the colours on the flowers there? Um, so what we're seeing here is we've um, gone above label rate to try and test the tolerance of Truflet's canola, and we're comparing that to Roundup Ready canola. So what we're seeing here is... Um, uh, sort of classical symptoms when we've done these trials of a bit of floral bleaching in the in the Roundup Ready hybrid. Um, farmers might have seen this um, in their crops if they've maybe yeah, gone a bit later than ideal um, with a with um with their timing or a bit of an overlap um, in their paddocks. Um, so I guess what we're trying to show is we haven't just repackaged Roundup Ready and called it Trueflex, that it is, that it is more tolerant to glyphosate, and um, yeah, I think this, these plots are proving that. Yeah, so the plot on the right is a Roundup Ready variety with these heavy rates on it, whereas the one on the left is the Trueflex, is that right? Yeah, correct, correct. Uh, that's looking good. That'll be interesting to see also once the harvest has been through and anyone that's coming out to have a look at the actual site. And then we're going to move on to some dual technology here. So I'll let you talk about those. But uh, XT, what's that all about? Um, so, yeah, this is a stack technology has been in the Roundup Ready canola for a few years now, and that's continuing into the Trueflex canola space. So um, 530 XT is um, the release by Pacific Seeds um, that is tolerant to both um, Roundup and Triazines. Oh, so you've got the triazine working sort of from the soil aspect or I suppose I'll suppose contact as well but really the root activity in the soil followed by the combination with Roundup over the leaves. Yeah so you're getting the residual that you'll get with the atrazine and the you know the good weed efficacy with the glyphosate um, you know it is a known thing that when you put triazines into the germplasm of a of of any sort of hybrid they will change their characteristics a bit so you can see this um, variety here is a bit later in maturity um, yeah. and probably their yield potential does decline a bit but um, that can be overcome if they're highly adaptable to the conditions and um, yeah we'll, we'll see how these ones go. Yeah it'll also be interesting too because I mean the <laughs> level of weed burden at this site too Hugh um, you know weed control um, is obviously going to help overcome some of that um, I suppose genetic, do we call it genetic drag? Yeah, yeah, a bit of a fitness penalty, but um, you know that as we see with TTs, they can actually be um, quite high yielding if um, if you know the right hybrid or is put in the right environment. Um, the other herbicide tolerance that I will mention, but it's not in this trial, Craig is um, um, Pacific Seeds are doing a Hola, um XC, which is tolerant to um, the X is for um, Roundup and the C is for Clearfield, so that's um, in small um, supply this current season 2020, but it is a product that will be um, released into the future. Fantastic. And look, you know, if you're listening, there's a whole range of things here to look at, so it's been really good to talk with Hugh about these, actually go through the plots. I will be showing these during the spring field days, and of course all the yield results will come out of those later in the year and, and early next year to advisors. Um, in terms of getting hold of Trueflex canola or varieties, you know, that you can get hold of, there's the trueflex.com.au website, but, um, you know, who's actually producing the, the seeds, I suppose, or the plants, uh, Hugh, and how do growers get hold of Trueflex canola? So, yeah, Trueflex canola is a new genetically modified event, so we have to do the same stewardship protocols 
um, that we did for Roundup Ready Canola. Um, so a grower, even if they have grown Roundup Ready Canola in the past, will need to do an accreditation course. Um, these can be done face-to-face -face at a field day or um, in-store at maybe an autumn update or we are going to have webinars as well. Um, once you've done your accreditation, you also will have to sign a licensing and stewardship agreement, an LSA, um, and that sort of jots down all the terms and conditions and protocols that we have to um, abide by um, to by um, government reg regulatory bodies like the OGTR and the APVMA. Um, so that puts it all in a contract and um, or an agreement, and, and we get that signed. Once you've got that agreement, um, you're then allowed to um, get gained access to the Truflets canola and you can do that through a, um, a reseller agent that has um, that is authorised to sell um, Truflex and Roundup Ready Canola and we call them a technology service provider or a TSP store and um, those guys will be able to um, direct you to a seed company or or um, fill the requests that you have for, for a specific variety that you want to try. Fantastic and obviously the NVTs all throughout the countryside uh, would have Roundup Ready and some Truflex lines in them? Yeah, they do. Um, you know, th this is the first year for Truflex to be widely placed into the NVTs, so we, we might be a bit short on data this season, but um, if people have gone around in spring and they, um, you know, they've had a look at a variety and it seems to have a fit, then they've spoken to the seed company and have some confidence, I'm sure, um, I'm sure they'll be able to have a crack at it and have a good result. Fantastic. Well, there you go. So you can get more information at truflex.com.au or see your local technology service provider. Um, get in touch with them and all of the seed companies that are, you know, uh, breeding and putting the Truflex trade in. Um, you know, the ones that you need to talk to about their performance of their varieties. So there's plenty of that on show during spring and over summer um, at the NVT online, no doubt. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, Whitey, good going through this with you today. Thanks for um, inviting me along. No worries. Thanks, you. Fantastic. And get in touch. Remember, trueflex.com.au. Well, there you heard Hugh Trenorden and myself talking about the herbicide systems trial over in Western Australia, or one of them. And, yeah, hopefully, listeners, you got some good information out of that. Remember, they are tools, these herbicide systems or these herbicides, and they need to be used diligently. So, yeah, just very good. And uh, as we said, South Australia is considering a changes to their moratorium. So potentially in time, Tim, those tools will become available for South Australian growers as well. Yeah, no, that'll be good. And, um, well, it's uh, good information there. Craig, and thank you very much. No, it's been great having you on Bayer Cropcast, Tim, and we'll call, talk to you again very soon. Thanks, mate. We'll talk to you. Bye. Well, I'm joined now by Richard Jackman, who is my counterpart and uh, great colleague up in Queensland. How are you going today, Richard? Good, Whitey. How are you, mate? Yeah, going good, mate. Look, it's a little bit of drizzly rain and things down in the southwest of Australia at the moment, but, gee, there's a lot of places around the countryside that are quite dry, so I think that includes up where you are as well. Yeah, Whitey. Unfortunately, it's probably the driest um, that we've seen. Some guys saying it's the driest they've seen in 80 years. So, But the upside is we've, you know, have managed to get a couple of trials in. We've got a really good trial site Um yeah, just west of um, Toowoomba out at Pampas, which is a, um, a joint trial site with um, Landmark and Elders, and they've brought a whole lot of other industry uh, chemical supplies in there, and we've got some good learnings out of it. 
Yeah, that's the main thing, Richard, too. Look, you know, it is dry. We can't, unfortunately, change the weather. If we could, then we would. But, um, yeah, some of those learnings. So perhaps you want to talk about a few things that you want to highlight from Pampas and, um, you know, some of the things that are coming up that could be helpful for people in the future. Yeah, Whitey, we've we've done a couple of field walks um, through the site this year and there's another one coming up. The highlighter, there's two couple of highlights there for me. Um, there's, a, there's a matrix which we've pulled together and it's got 80 different treatments from Syngenna, Bayer, Corteva, Adama, FNC, which is, yeah, Mickey Mouse. There's some really good learnings in that and everyone that's walked through it has been super impressed and I think it's a real asset to... Um, for us, for the area. So just, yeah. Richard, with a, with a matrix, just to describe, for people who don't know that terminology you talk, just describe <laughs> what a matrix is, like one way you're doing one treatment or something and the other way is a whole raft yeah. of others. Yep. Yeah, so what we've done, Whitey, we've um, we've put in barley, durum, wheat, oats. Um, we've got a, a natural population of oats and phalaris throughout the site. We've got canola, chickpeas, um, and a range of other legumes there as well. And then we've, in the opposite direction, so we've sown that in one way, and then in the opposite direction, we've actually put strips of um, both post-emergent and um, pre-emergent herbicides under those. Just basically, the idea is to see what, try to pick up the spectrum of what all the new chemistry's got and the different mixes have got. So put this crop safety element to it, and then we've also got the um, herbicidal element to it. So, so protecting yeah. the crops against weeds and um, just evaluating yeah, whether they're safe or not to those range of crops in the matrix. That's right. And I'd been doing something in a smaller scale, and um, we got together with Landmark and... Um, Todd Stewart actually encouraged, we sort of encouraged the idea and we brought on, tried to get as many of the other suppliers involved and it's actually, oh, it's, it's pretty good actually. Oh, I'm impressed with it we've, and we've had a lot of people for it this season and we'll hopefully get a few more before the end of the season. But yeah, that's it's been a good learning actually, even for me, just getting an idea where some of the other chemistry fits into the uh, into the system as well. So yeah. oh, It sounds hmm. terrific, good, good cooperative approach and that's what it's all about. And as I said, you know, even though, it's a dry year. Um, unfortunately, there's still be a lot of good uh, results come out of that, and um, good learnings to you know make the most of whatever type of season we get dealt in the future. Yeah, we're a little bit lucky there, Whitey. It's under an irrigated site, so it's under a lateral irrigation system, mm-hmm. and it's probably about the only little bit of green patch uh, for about twenty or thirty k's around. Um, there are a few crops within the area that have. Um, have actually, you know, turned into a crop. We got got him in early and got the early falls on it, but they're few and far between. And the later crops are really, yeah, a little bit disappointing. But anyway, move on from that. Yep, so, sure. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, you're seeing any particular standouts, I suppose, from um, Bayer's offering, or you know, anything in particular you want to talk through? Look, Whitey, um, the the highlight of that of the matrix was really. Um, the performance at Atlantis is still performing in this site. We've actually um, identified the black oat and phalaris population that has come through, which uh, will get tested later, is Group A resistance. We've um, very clearly our topic um, mixes haven't worked this year. We've still got some activity out of Axial, but Atlantis is working really well. Um, Velocity and Precept, unlike yourself over there, you know, very mainstream products are uh probably underutilized and it's been a lot of good conversation around um velocity and precept and 
we also had some security there on the black eights, which, um, yeah, look, it's not we, – we know it as only suppressive, but in different systems and our um, disk system, it probably does a little bit better job than we give it credit for looking through the matrix. So, yeah, good. Uh, so, certainly with mixing partners, it can be a really strong option for sure. That's right. That's, that's right. So that's what we sort of – we used it as a bit of a talking point for those, yeah, mixing partners and trying to boost it and, that, yeah – where it has a fit, which is, you know, what what it's all about. So just throwing a few more ideas and um, let people get exposure to products that they're not using is really what yeah. we're not trying to do. So. Yeah, look, the message over and over, you know, certain experience uh, on the western side of the country too is that, you know, rotate things as much as possible. Look for every tool you can to bring diversity in in the modes of action, but all the tactics that you're undertaking, and that's a great example, even though, Velocity and preset with their group H chemistry in there, the pyrosulfatol, um, yep. you know, can keep the old things that are still working um, alive and, you know, useful for a lot longer term. So that's something to think about as well. Yeah, and that's really what we've honed in on, uh, Whitey, because it, it hasn't been used in the past and there's um, a couple of competitor products have really been hammered. And we do get a bit of radish over in our corner of the world, but the cost has always come into it and uh, everything else is working. But it's only we try to draw on the experiences from the Western Australians and yourselves that they, they don't always last and don't always work. So, you know, rotate it now while you've got it and you'll have it for a long time in yeah. the future so uh, sounds great and uh, the tools that are that are useful and um yeah heed, the, right. heed those messages yes something may cost a few dollars more than something else up front but it can be a saving in the long run i guess yeah no exactly mate exactly but i guess a couple of other highlights there this year i've got a uh um oh, it's it's my little you know you always got a, a price um trial and this year, it's my um, barley um, seed treatment trial with Evergold Energy in there. Um, smart infected seed. Um, we've inoculated like yourselves with um, Rhizoctonia, and we've got everything. Everything's worked. So we've got Smart Expressing. We've got Rhizoctonia Expressing. Uh, we've got Spotform and Netblotch Expressing, and we've also got Powdery. So we're seeing a real um, the treatment effects from the Evergold Energy versus our competitors. We're seeing the um, the value you get from an aviator spray over it. It's um, yeah, everyone that's walked through it, it's been a real long talking point and a lot of interest in that trial. So yeah, oh, it's terrific. We'll be interested to see what coming out of that, Richard, because certainly. Uh, those combinations and, you know, which approach to take is a big topic over here as well and something we're yep. actively doing in our trials as well and I've had a lot of interest, like, when you start talking around these topics, you know, you can nearly hear a pin drop, which is uh, always pleasing, which means a lot of people, when they come to the field walks, are really interested in understanding how they can get the best out of combination of great tools. Yeah, and why do you, I, I, I take myself back to when we were planning these trials as a group and thinking 15 treatments is too big, what are we thinking of it? But mm-hmm. um, having walked people through the trial um, and all the different questions that have come in, we've actually done a good job as a group actually bringing in the key treatments there. So, yeah, I think um, I was probably kicking myself thinking how do we let ourselves get this big and it's an overkill, but it's actually created some good conversation. So yep. oh, That's um, good, good yeah. to hear. And yeah, We have great discussions as a team about those things, <laughs> so very spirited and it's really important to for listeners to understand that's, we do have those, but it's great to hear when you're out on the ground like we are yeah. at the moment and all have been very strongly that it's being appreciated to, to help understand these topics a lot better. 
yeah, so I guess a couple of other little things there that um, people could come and see if they're interested that are over here on the East Coast is we've got uh, our tag team inoculant trial there that's, um, you know, under some stressful conditions at the moment before it gets irrigated. It started, there's a few little differences there that are starting to express and got a um, pre-emergent, post-emergent trial there as well that's interesting. So, um, And if we ever get rain, Whitey um, and uh, some Detritus or ch- uh, Ascochyta ch- uh, kicks in. I've got a chickpea disease trial with Aviator um, there, but I don't. This year just hasn't been conducive to getting Ascochyta going. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. I guess the, the upside of it is, Whitey, there's um, in a year that's very dry. We've we've been well we've managed to get some pretty good. Uh, we've got a fantastic trial site actually. It's it's real credit to those people that have been involved so in getting it established. So yeah. yeah. That's really good, and um, I suppose you know we we'll uh, we'll get moving again because we've got plenty more field walks coming up and got to get ready for and printing lots of yep. things out and prepping up and whatever. And um, yeah, I've been really pleased myself this year with with uh, the field walks, just the the level of interest and engagement that people have when they come to them. I guess you'd be finding the same thing, I reckon, Richard. Yeah, Whitey, we've probably had about 200 people for our trial site and about, uh, what have we had, three or four different um, field walks this year. So for the downs, that that is a massive number and it's, it's a good indication of everyone's very quiet and there's not a lot going on. But the interest in, um, there's been a couple of people, a number of people that have actually come back at second, you know, second timings that we've done walks to have a look at it. So, you know, the fact that they saw it the first time and... Uh, you know, and then came back the second time and quite a few came up to me and said, even growers have said to us that, you know, it's a fantastic site. I'm, you know, really glad uh, you've done it. So, yeah, quite good because it's there for us all to learn, um, both ourselves plus our customers. So it's all about how to how to make our products work the best in our environment, I guess. Absolutely, as part of an overall system. And, look, more information in the show notes if you're listening and wondering about all those brand names and what have you or different things Richard and I and others on this podcast have talked about. Uh, we talked about TrueFlex canola earlier on in the herbicide systems. We've also talked about smut and bunt diseases with Tim Murphy in South Australia. Um, you can always get in touch with us through the crop.bayer.com.au website and also our 1800 number will be in the show notes. You can get in touch with any of the market development agronomy team right around Australia or anyone in Bayer, in fact, um, by getting on to there and getting in touch. And we're always willing to have a chat, aren't we, Richard? We sure are, Whitey. And, um, yeah, yeah, looking forward to the next chat. Yep, that'll be great to catch up with you again, Richard, soon on Bayer Cropcast. And thanks for today. And, look, enjoy your rest of your field walks as the season sort of runs towards the end, I suppose. But, yeah, have a good time. Will do. Thanks, Whitey. See you, Richard. Thanks for joining us on Bayer Cropcast. To get more information about anything you heard on today's episode, phone 1-800-804-479 to get in touch with us or visit the web at crop.bayer.com.au. Thanks for listening.